Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. It's so good to be back, and I thank you all for permitting my family and I to take a breather and go on vacation. I know that you all were in great hands with my dear brother, Reverend, the right Reverend, Bishop, Dr. <laughs> Starvos Pierce. Thank you so much for, for being in the gap for me, brother. I, I am honored to serve God with you and do life with you. So thank you for being there and thank you all, church, for allowing us to have this day of rest. Although we have not rested yet, uh, you know, a vacation to D.C. and New York, you're you going to walk a whole lot. And so we did a whole lot of walking and a whole lot of pulling Junior along who did not want to walk. At one point, I found myself carrying him on my back. So the next day I said, son, if you don't walk, because we have to do a lot of walking, wherever you get tired, you stay there. We'll come back for you. Just don't speak to strangers. And I think he got the message then and continued to walk with us. Amen. But we had a great time, and so then my wife and I came back, and we dropped the kids off, and yet we have not had time to really enjoy each other's company. So we wish we could send them out for another week, but, you know, school is coming and all that stuff. But thank you all. Leaders of this church, um, our absence proves proof positive that this church is not Broderick's church. It's not Starvos's church. It's not Nikki's church. It's not Erica's church. It's God's church. And in our absence, you leaders stepped up and held this thing together, and I've only heard great things. Thank you for your leadership and your commitment to God's church called Mosaic Church. I am truly in awe of what God is doing through each and every one of you. Well, if you've noticed from our funny video there, we're going to continue in this series. Actually, today is our wrap-up of it. It's uh, on the book of James. And as you know, James is only a, f- a very short book, five chapters. But it's very deep and detailed. What I love so much about the book of James is that this is like Jesus' actual brother who wrote this. And, and what, what really in, that I enjoy most about it is not that it's just his brother. But if you recall, if you read scripture, like Jesus' family didn't like him. They didn't believe he was a Messiah. As a matter of fact, they, 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 they scared him, pushed him almost to, off to fall off the cliff. They were like, no, nah, you know, they were all going to kill him. And his brother was one of the people in the posse that was like, he ain't the Messiah. He's just, he's my little brother. My little brother, the one like I wiped snot from his nose. The one that, that got stinky poots. He ain't the Messiah. He stink too much to be the Messiah, his own brother. Then all of a sudden, after Jesus' crucified and resurrected. I believe it's in 1 Corinthians we find that, that Jesus reveals himself to his brother James, and James becomes a convert. He becomes a Christian and actually made it into the Bible. His five notes or letters or chapters, whatever you want to call it, make it in there. And so I love it because here's a man who had a changed heart. 
he had a changed heart, a changed mind, and decided to serve his brother unconditionally. And what I love about it is even when he opens up the book, the first thing he says, the very first thing, he does his greeting. Hi, this is a letter from James, a slave of God and Jesus Christ. Talk about submission. A lot of us can learn from him. Today, Brother Starbos last week talked to a little bit about humility, and I, I, I love your transparency in that message. I had an opportunity to listen and edit the podcast, and it's really, really spot on, my brother. Thank you for your transparency. Today, we're going to talk about prayer. How many of us can say we need a little bit of prayer in our lives? Yeah, all of us. I know I do. I think our nation needs it right now. I mean, it's so tense in this nation right now. I, 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 it, you know, I wasn't, I'm not old enough to say I was around in the 50s and 60s during segregation and whatnot. But if, if it was just a little bit as tense as it is in the nation now, oh, my goodness. Thank God you all made it through that. That's, it's crazy. The tension in this nation. Our nation needs prayer. Individually, we need prayer. Marriages need prayer. Churches need prayer. Churches are closing every day. Every day, doors of a church are closing. Every day, the most popular religious sect in the world is atheism. More and more of our young people are, 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 are joining atheist organizations and it's starting in high school before it was college. You, you had at least till college. Now it's starting in high school. In 10 years or less, it'll be in the grade schools where kids whose parents may be going to church or whatever decide that they don't believe in a God. Science is what proves everything. We need prayer in this place. Let's go right into some scripture, and then I want to break down some things. If you would, join me if you have your notes. We'll read the, the book of uh, James, chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. You'll find these words. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I want to share with you today, just based upon this little scripture, there are three kinds of prayer. The first part of this scripture shows us that there is prayer for yourself. Verse 13 says it. Are any of you suffering? You should pray. Pray for your sufferings. The second kind of prayer, prayer from the elders. Prayer from the elders. Verse 14 tells us, call the elders of the church if you are sick. And the third kind of prayer, prayer for each other. Prayer for each other. Not just because we sin, but because we will sin. We live in a sinful world, and, and because we live in this sinful world, we're going to do some things that may not honor God. But if we are praying for each other, there's opportunity for forgiveness and an opportunity for accountability so that we can learn 
to not do those same sins. When should you pray? And this is what we're going to talk about further for the rest of this entire time here together. When should you pray? Many of us know the Bible well, and it says, you know, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. We, we know the scripture that says pray without ceasing. You know, uh, if we read scripture, we see that Jesus prayed in the morning. Should I pray in the morning? This is not that question. That question is not when, as in what time or what day. It's what times in your life, what circumstances should prompt you to pray. I have four that I want to share with you, and we'll be done today. The first one I want to share is you should pray when you face troubles, according to this scripture. Duh. Somebody's in there, duh, of course. When I'm, I mean, that's what I'm definitely going to pray. Sad part is that sometimes that's the only time some of us pray. So we got issues. We have challenges. Our outlook doesn't look promising. Things don't look good. I don't feel good. When I have challenges, that's when I pray. And for many people, that's the only time they pray. They don't pray when, when things are great. We don't praise when things are great. When should you pray? The first one is obviously when you face troubles. James reminds us in the very first chapter of the book, he says this, that we will face troubles. He didn't say if you face troubles. He says when. And by saying when, that is to say that you will face troubles. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you today, as long as you are living here on earth, I'm not going to even direct us to where we're at now in terms of America. If you are on earth, you are going to face troubles of all kinds, some deeper than others and some not as deep. You will face troubles as long as you are here on earth. So James says, when you face troubles and gives us some instructions on what to do, and sum it up, he says, keep a positive outlook. First Peter 4.15 says this, and he makes it so clear and direct to the point. He says this, speaking to Christians, by the way, he says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something, as if something strange were happening to you. And I share those same words from Peter to you all. My dear friends, don't be surprised when you face challenges as if something strange is happening to you. We're promised challenges. We're promised to face obstacles in life. We're promised to face difficulties. We're promised to face uh, some, some tough decisions in our life. We're promised that, but we're also promised to have a God right alongside of us that will answer our prayers according to his will, not our own. And a lot of times when we pray about certain things and they don't happen the way we want them to, we begin to point the finger at God. He didn't hear my prayers. I prayed and somebody laid oil. I actually poured the oil on me and he still didn't answer my prayers. And we blame God. And it's like God's will was done. Your want was far less important than the need he already provided for you. Somebody catch that. Your want was far less important than the need he provided for you. Many of us begin to blame God when, we don't, when he doesn't answer prayers according to how we want. In our trials and in our circumstances. The only way to keep a level head when you're facing troubles in your life 
is through prayer. It's the only way. It's the only way. Not, not, not your need. Oh, oh, it's the end of the month. I got more month than money left. Oh, the money ain't going to resolve it. The money's not going to resolve your issue. God, I could drop a, a, a cool meal on you. It'll be gone in a year. I know people like that. Somebody, I saw something on the news the other day. Somebody won a million-dollar settlement or something and something. I can't remember. And she broke already. And it was eight months ago. Eight months? Give me a meal. I mean, I'm not going to. That's a whole other sermon. You give me a meal. I'm not going to tell you what I do. You'll see it for yourself. You, you'll be sitting in the church. Now, I'm just playing. <laughs> the church that we'll build for God. I, I do what David and them did. I take my riches and build a temple that would honor God in such a way. That's what they did back in the Old Testament. As rich as they were, they didn't take that money and just buy, you know, bling, bling. They took the bling, bling and built a temple that would honor God. Come on now. And they didn't, oh, by the way, they didn't go in debt doing it. They didn't finance it. It was cash money. That's a big difference. I see these huge edifices being built and thrown up all over the place with, with, with multi-million dollar mortgages to support it. Oh, my God, that's so anti-biblical. Excuse me for those who are listening on the podcast. I respect you. <laughs> Amen. I, gotta, I don't want to burn no bridges trying to build them. Amen. Amen. Here's the thing. When you are going through some ish in your life, some stuff in your life, let me tell you something. Your character is revealed in how you handle it. Your character is revealed in how you handle your trials, your hardships, your circumstances. Your character is revealed. In other words, you can walk around, holy, 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 oh God almighty, Jesus is my, have your Bible in your hand and be walking and talking and singing praise all day. But when the ish hits the fan, how will you act then? Will you be stressed out in front of your peers and your coworkers who, who you were trying to uh, mentor or, or provide wisdom for? Or are you going to keep yourself together and pray all the way through your circumstances? Your character is revealed when, when you face challenges, how you handle the challenges. Your character is revealed. And the only way you can keep that intact is a four-letter word that begins with a P and ends with a Y, prayer. To pray, you have to pray. You have to pray. The second thing I want to say is when you, uh, another time that you should really uh, be intentional about your prayer is when you have gained success. When you have gained success. If we look at James uh, uh, 5, 13, the B part of it, meaning the second part of it, he says, are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Now, let me tell you success. A lot of us are like, oh, man, you know, I got these goals. I haven't reached my goals. Yeah, that's one level of success. Success is I woke up this morning. Hallelujah, success. Success is, oh, my goodness, I'm about to cook dinner, and we're going to have dessert with it. Oh, goodness, that's success. I'm about to make breakfast, lunch, dinner, and the kids will get sacked. Oh, that's success. I'm changing my outfit that I, I didn't wear. I'm not even wearing the same outfit I wore yesterday. I got a brand new set of duds on. As a matter of fact, I have options. That's success. I'm about to get in my car, turn it on, and I got at least a quarter tank of gas. Somebody knows that that's success. Oh, I'm about to get in this house and turn the lights on, and they all come on. Somebody can say success. Do I need to go any further when I'm talking about what success is? In other words, you should be praising God all the time because everybody in here has those small things. Come on now. 
What is success? Oftentimes we hear success and the first thing we think is way up here. But baby, let me tell you, it's right here. It's right in front of you. It's when you woke up this morning and opened your eyes and ran to the bathroom with your stinky breath to wash it with some good toothpaste. Some of y'all use the top stuff too. What is it, Tom's? Come on with it now. Or you go get your teeth whitening stuff, the real expensive $6 toothpaste. Come on now. Some of y'all got the electrical ones that cost about $30. Come on now. Success is measured when you wake up. And if you're married, when you wake up and you look to the side and you see your spouse there, oh, my goodness, that's success. And you go to wake your babies up and they wake up and everything is going well. Nothing is wrong with them. They're healthy. Oh, that's success. Sure, there's success when you get the new job. Ah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Sure, there's success when you purchase your first house or second or third house. Sure, absolutely. But let's look past that and focus on success that God gives us every single day. How many of you this morning when you prayed asked God to let the sun stay in that place without falling on the earth? None of us. But do you know how wonderful God is? He lets the sun stay there. He lets the earth stay just floating in the atmosphere. And then he allows us to spin to see the sun and the moon. None of us ask for it, but he gives us that success. Come on now. Y'all shouldn't have let me take a break because I feel like preaching. Y'all shouldn't have let me take a break. I'm about to go in. All right, let's go. I'm a, let's move to the next thing. The third thing I'd like to offer is another time to pray is when we're sick. When you are sick, when you are sick, pray. Bible says this in James 5 and 14. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you anointing you with oil in the, in the name of the Lord. Can I, can I, have, a, can I have, have a confession right here, please? I just want to make a confession. That is one of the most difficult scriptures for me. Because it, it says to me in the scripture that when somebody is sick, I should pray for them. Because I'm an elder. And I should lay oil on them. And it even makes me believe that they'll be healed. And it always jams me up when they're not. It crushes me. And it's the only time where I'm like, I look at God and I say, God, really? What I've learned in my studies, what I've learned in my prayer time, and what I've learned in, in the time that I've spent with God is that God didn't say, I didn't ask you to heal that person. My son, the obedience factor is do what I said do. And I said, pray. Because here's the news about it. If they're not healed from my prayers, if they were healed from my prayers, I wouldn't take credit for it, right? I wouldn't be like, oh, man, I prayed, I laid hands on them. I, I healed them. It was me, Broderick Santiago. So since I'm not going to take credit for the healing that God performs in their body, why should I feel bad when I just am I obedient in my prayer and God doesn't answer accordingly to my prayer? It's not me. It's on God. It's on God. And God knows way more than my little small, tiny peanut of a brain. So since I wasn't going to take credit for it anyway, I'm just going to be obedient and pray and then move out of the way and let God do what he does because he knows what's best. Many of us don't like to hear that. I certainly don't like to hear it. It's a painful thing, but that's the truth of the matter. All God calls us to do is be obedient and do what? Pray. 
Seek the elders. Let me tell you a little bit about this oil. The oil is significant in so many ways, particularly in the scripture. The oil represented medicine, but it also represented the blessing of God. It represented the identity of God. So in other words, what they would do, and this is evident uh, uh, with, the, with the parable of the woman at the, um, the Good Samaritan, rather, where, where, where she had the, the, the oil, and he used the healing for that. But it's also evident in Old Testament, when God was choosing David to be king, and what he told them to, uh, them to do was anoint one of Jesse's sons. I believe it was. I might be missing it up. But anyway, he had them anoint him, and the anointing was to show that God was with him. He was the chosen king. The oil represented an anointing and a blessing, all from God. The oil was significant. Now, let me tell you a story that I have about oil. My father's godmother, Grandma Maddie Overton, I was a heathen growing up. I told you all that, right? Some of y'all know that. I was a mess. I didn't have a religious background. I was a mess. Running the streets, doing whatever. I wasn't Christian. Grandma Maddie Overton was definitely Christian. As a matter of fact, she was like the community blesser, if you will, if that's a word. And if a kid was acting up, they were sent to Grandma Maddie Overton. Well, being that my father was her godson and he was sort of raised by her as well, when I acted up and cut up, I was sent to Grandma Maddie Overton. And when I would get there, I knew what time it was based upon if the oil was sitting on the kitchen table. If the oil was sitting on the table... Then she going to rub me down. She going to pray until it seems like I've been changed. If the oil wasn't there and it was just the Bible, well, it'd be a short visit. So many times I've gone over there and cutting up and I see the oil. And one particular time I remember I was going there. I had a date that night hanging out with some friends. We were going to go to the movie. I had my train money in my pocket to catch the public transportation. Had my Dracar Noir on. Was smelling really good. You know, I'm telling you, I had my, my fat chain on. It was, we were getting ready to make some things happen. And I got a call saying, hey, you need to go see Mama Overton. I says, why? I didn't even do that. That's been a good week. That's the only time I knew what I had to do. I, I, you know, it was either that or I was, you know, shoveling the driveway. And it wasn't the winter. So I went over there and I saw the oil and I'm sitting there and I know she's about to lay it on me. And all I could think while she's praying and talking and all of this over me is, this oil is really going to clash with my Dracar Noir. Because when we get in the basement, because it was a basement party. No, it was a, it was a movie and then a basement party we were headed to afterward. I said, when we get in that basement and we start dancing close, you know, all that stuff, and we used to slow drag, it's going to be really funky. It's going to be Dracar Noir and olive oil. Please don't put that on me today. Because this girl, Tamika, that I really liked was going to be there. For the first time, normally she does this. And that's it. But I must have done something really bad because she decided to roll my sleeves up and just lather me in it and had it on my face. I walk out. I, get, I go out to the place. My boys are like, man, why your forehead grease? You sweating? You hot? It's not sweat, man. What is it? Olive oil. Olive oil? What you doing with olive oil? You must have got in trouble. You went to Mama Overton's, didn't you? But let me say something about those prayers and that oil. Right now, you see a man that should have been dead at least three times. I mean, I'm talking about for real dead. I face real death. 
where somebody broke in the house with my mother and I and my sisters, held my sisters and I at knife point, and he took advantage of my mother. I should have been dead. I've witnessed murder firsthand. I was in a house that caught fire and was saved by some of the people in the boarding house that when it caught fire, I was in there when it happened. Somebody was trying to murder uh, the people in that house over a debt, and I was in the house when they threw a firebomb there. Oh, I should have been dead, but I firmly believe that it was because of the prayers and that stinky oil today that I am who I am. And you see a man who's not only just a saved man, but a pastor, something I did not desire. And funny thing is, when I went to college, I was a, I was a five percenter, but my, my first year there, I became a Sunni Muslim. And I came back home from college, and Grandma Overton's talking to me, and she says, she's, you know, asked me about this. She said, oh, that's just a phase. Your daddy went through that phase, and that's just a phase. You can. I'm like, no, that made me even more determined to be, you know, Muslim. And so uh, she, 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 you know, told me that was a phase. And then after, at the end of our meeting, she said, do me a favor. You, ain't, you don't have to believe it, baby. You do don't have to believe it. She said, but do me a favor. When you get back to school, I want you to read every day the 23rd Psalm. You don't have to believe it. Just read it. Just, just do mama that favor. I said, yes, ma'am, I'll read it. And I'm going I'm, to, I'm, I'm, listen, one thing about me, I'm loyal. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to almost near, damn near kill myself to do it, okay? I read that every day. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I read the 23rd Psalm. I read it. Didn't like it. Didn't agree with it. Let me tell you what happened to me. When I gave my life to Christ in 2000, that was the one scripture I knew. When I gave my life to Christ in 2000, she was the first person I called. And I said, Grandma, in case you didn't know it, I memorized the 23rd Psalm. You know what she said? I know you did, baby. She says, God got a calling on your life. The devil's going to fight. He's going to fight. He wants to claim you, but God has bigger plans for you. She didn't say what it was, but now I realize what it is. So that oil works. That's all I'm saying. And so today, after service, we're going to... No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I don't have no oil. Trust me, I don't have oil. But olive oil actually works good in the hair, too. My wife uses it for the kids, so I'm just being real. Here's uh, um, the final thing I want to offer to you. You should pray when you have sinned. You should pray when you have sinned. It almost seems common sense, right? Of course, if I sin, I'm going to pray. I mean, duh. All of it seems common sense. But the reality is, many of us in this room today, including myself, don't do it. I judge somebody. I don't pray. God, oh, forgive me for judging them. I just judge them, and I was like, man, I, I could do better. I didn't pray about it. Some other people, I've done worse things and didn't pray about it. You know what I mean? When you have sinned, you should pray. The Word of God says this in James. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The thing is, if we read this in context, James was suggesting that some illnesses in our lives may be caused by our sin. That's the only way he puts the word healed in there. Some illnesses in our lives may be caused by sin. What illnesses would you be talking about, Pastor Broderick? 
lust. Many of us have addictions to pornography, sexual addictions, lustful desires in terms of spending. We want stuff that we really can't afford. See, lust is not just caught up in sexual stuff. Lust happens when we want stuff that's not God, when we want material things that will fill a void. We want, we want, we want the latest gadgets. We want the latest television. Oh, man, I got the 45-inch uh, uh, HP, whatever, whatever. Then they come up with the 55. You're like, oh, I can't wait to get the 55-inch. But you live in an apartment, and you got to be at least certain a number of feet back, so you can't watch the dog on TV anyway without going cross-eyed. Can I, can I tell the truth? Lust. We need to be healed from lustful desires for stuff we don't need. And he's saying, if you've, if, if, if you've sinned, what's another sin? Gluttony. Yep, it kind of falls in the same thing. One of us, you know, we want to eat, piling the plate all up and don't even finish it. You need to be healed from that. Eat your portion and call it a day. Greedy. I ain't talking to y'all. I'm talking to people at other churches. Really, need to be healed from a lot of stuff. Many of us do. And he's saying confess your sin, whatever your sin is. doesn't have to be an act you've committed. It could be something that you haven't done that you should have done, and that too is a sin. Confess it to who? One to another. The great thing about Jesus dying on the cross is that he made room for us to go directly to the source Before that happened, do you know you only could go to the priest to confess your sins? Before Jesus was crucified and died, you had to go to a priest to confess your sins. Now you can go directly to the source, grab your brother and sister and say, listen, I got some issues. Come on, girl. Let's pray. Yo, boy, yo, homeboy, check this out. I got this issue. Let's pray. Our men's group, we do it all the time. All the time. Tell each other's business and then pray for each other. Real talk. Here's the final thing I want to share. When you've confessed sin, pray one to each other. Pray to each other. Don't call me first. Call your friend. Because I'm, you know, I, I'm an elder. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to do the sick thing. According to Scripture, I just got an out. Somebody say amen. I'm just playing. <laughs> sure, call me. Absolutely. I love to pray. And I'm going to share a story about prayer in a minute. First Thessalonians says this. Oh, let me go this. Why, we, why do we confess our sins one to each other? One, the first thing, why we confess? For forgiveness. God already forgives you, but you got to confess it first. Don't, many of us sin, and that's it. But you got to confess it. God, I've sinned. You know my sin. I don't want to repeat it because it's so nasty, so messy. But you know my sin. Forgive me. The second reason we confess our sins one to each other, accountability. Right? Accountability. Yo, you've sinned. I want to be there for you. I had an issue, some sexual issues, and I had my friends. I confessed my sins to my friends. I was like, yo, these are my issues. Those brothers were checking on me all the time, all the time. It was just like, yo, and I couldn't do nothing, even if I wanted to. It was like, yo, what you doing? Oh, man, I was getting ready to do something, but thank you for interrupting. I appreciate it because I was able to hold on to some things. First Thessalonians says this, 5, 16, uh, 5, uh, 16 through 18. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to who? Christ Jesus. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, even when it don't look like there's no outcome. Final scripture, and then I want to share this story, and we're done. And this is true. 
Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Philippians 4, 6. I want to share this story with you because that wasn't originally part of my notes, but I had to add that scripture in the end. Three months ago, and I shared this story with this uh, young man, William, on the guitar this morning. Three months ago, I uh, witnessed an accident. I witnessed several accidents in Atlanta. This is Atlanta. You're going to witness them. It's just, that's part of life. But three months ago, I was on 75 coming from the north, headed south, about to merge onto 285, headed westbound toward the airport. It's coming from Delk Road area. And I always look in my mirrors. It was during traffic time. So I'm always looking in my mirrors. I just always do because you never know about the person behind you if they're paying attention. So the person in front of me slammed on the brake. I slammed on the brake. The car behind me, a Honda Accord, slams on its brake. Behind her is a 15-passenger van. Behind it is a semi-truck. What do you think happened? The semi-truck wasn't paying attention. Bam. He hits the car in front. He hits the 15-passenger van. They, they, they're thrown to the side. Right before, right, right at the Windy Hill exit, actually. Thrown right to the side. Windows busted out. I pull over immediately. I want to check on everybody. I do that. When I witness an accident, I pull over just in case they need a witness, and I also offer prayer. I do it all the time. So I pull over, told Ja'Kai and Brooke, they were in the car with me. I said, just stay here. Let me go check on them. And so I go. I check on the first, pe- the first van I check on is the van with the people in the, in the 15-passenger van. They're all okay. Nobody's hurt. The windows are broke. They're just shocked and just caught off guard. The next place I go is a lady in the Honda Accord who was just nicked. She wasn't hit directly. Then I go to the trucker, the truck driver, and he's walking around frantically. He's just going crazy. This is an old country, you know, uh, redneck brother, I mean, but he, he's, just, he's just to his point, you know, and he's walking around. He's like, oh, oh, man, I'm going to lose my – all he's talking about, is everybody okay? And the next thing he's saying, I'm going to lose my job because he's at fault. He's a truck driver. It's a major liability for that company. He hit somebody in the back, Okay. I'm going to lose my job. Uh, you know, this is it. Uh, I hope these people aren't hurt. My license. I mean, he's just going on. He's just frantic. And he goes to his truck. And I'm talking to him. I says, listen, man, calm down, whatever. You know, let's, I don't know if you're a Christian, but can I pray for you? Let me pray for you. And he says, yeah, please, if you don't mind, please pray for me. So he's in his truck. I climb on top of the side of the truck, and I pray for him. I pray that God blesses him, keeps his job for him, that he has no points on his license, that he's not hurt. This morning promise you, not even making this up. My wife is a witness because she was wondering why I was crying and falling out on the floor and stuff. This morning, at exactly 8.20, I see this number. I don't recognize it, 678 number. I'm thinking maybe it's William calling saying, hey, I can't make it to church or somebody from the church calling. I would only get calls on a Sunday morning. I answer the phone, says, hello, this is Pastor Broderick. And my little redneck brother's on the phone. Is this the preacher? I says, yes, this is Pastor Broderick. He says, you probably don't remember me. He says, a few months ago, I was in an accident. I'm a truck driver. We were on 75. I said, yes, sir, I remember you. Are you okay? That's the first thought I had. Are you okay? And then there's silence. And then there's weeping. And I says, hello? Hello? And he says, man, we serve an awesome God. I'm getting chills as I'm saying this. He says, we serve an awesome God. I says, yes, sir, what happened? He says, I had to go to court for this thing. I got my job. They added a route. They gave me more routes. That's more money for a truck driver. 
there's no points on my license. And I've met the people that I was in an accident with. That group of people that he hit was a church youth group. He's spoken with their pastor. He's doing okay. Somebody can say amen. Out of nowhere, I'm doing a sermon this morning on prayer. Somebody I stopped and prayed for in an accident. God showed up in his life. You can't tell me that our God don't answer prayers. If anybody in here is a doubter today, I dare you to try God for yourself. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.